Welcome to the Nonfiction Writers, podcasting in a great way from all three sides of the ball. I'm Ryan Aber, joined by Barry Trammell. Barry, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Better than you. <laughs> why why well, you is that? Out of, I mean, you barely made it to the press conference. You just rolled out of bed. It looked like you decided to come at the last minute. Because uh, I did decide to come well, at the last minute. Well, there you go. Minute, but uh, it, it wound up being interesting. I'm glad I did. But uh, also joined today by uh, Ben Jones from the Tuscaloosa News. Ben, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah. We should have uh, gotten our new friend from Quebec to join us as well <laughs> that we met this morning at the press conference. Oh, yeah. Was that the guy who asked the question uh, late in the press conference? Or? Yeah, he was sitting next to me. Okay. Yeah. So it's always an interesting cast of characters at this thing. And I don't think there was one question asked uh, at the news conference by a traditional newspaper reporter. I know there was no. one AP yeah. question. I think we all had kind of our material from Media Day, you know. Yeah. If, if you don't have your material by now... With everything we get this week, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're you're struggling. Nick Saban is not going to be terribly insightful with Lincoln Riley sitting five feet from him, and vice versa. So, yeah, uh, there there were some funny moments, but nothing uh, earth shattering or. No, you can help me here, Ben. I actually found Saban fairly engaging, and I'm not say sh- I'm not going to go all the way to charming, but I found him on the road to very pleasant and, and delightful today. Yeah. Is that typical? Uh, I think he does get a little bit of a bad rap overall. You know, most of what people outside of Alabama see of him is the once or twice a year when he goes bananas or just goes berserk in a press conference. Um, Usually doesn't do it like he did in Orlando after the season opener there with Maria Taylor. Um, But just kind of the nature of how media and tv works that tends to be what gets dispersed more than anything else he he will have good answers to good questions when he gets them uh he's usually very consistent um he he does a good job he's he's not as much of a grinch as i think most people assume him to be from the outside we talked about this yesterday with taryn because she brought it up as we were uh talking about the game have you ever been the object of uh his ire yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) Um, I haven't gotten it terribly badly, uh, but the very first question that I asked him back in 2015, my first year uh, in Tuscaloosa, so I'd waited like a month or maybe six weeks after I'd gotten the job to ask him a question because I didn't want to be that guy, (laughs) right? Uh, and I was aware of how it could happen. So I kind of tried to pay attention to what kind of questions set him off. You know, he has certain words that if you just have this word in your question, then that'll be enough. Yeah. Um, as it turned out, it was all for naught because the guy who asked the question before me set him off. And then they passed the microphone to you in the press conference. Uh, and he was still so wound up from the previous question that he actually says, like, I don't even know what you just said and like railed against me for a little bit and then went back and railed against the guy who'd asked the previous <laughs> question just to get one more in at him. You know, that the whole press conference was kind of derailed that day. Yeah, it's always, it's always fun watching those from afar, but uh, as a reporter elsewhere, you sort of have, uh, have empathy for the people who... Yeah, uh, none of us want to be on SportsCenter for that. Yeah, exactly. But let's get back and talk to the game. Uh, Barry, we talked. Not much substance was found out today. You know, Lincoln Riley didn't talk about Marquise Brown. Nick Saban didn't talk about uh, Quinnen Williams and the matchup with the Oklahoma offensive line. But there were some interesting moments. Yeah, I mean, I've you know, the, uh, this old guy just walking out the door right here asked him what I thought was a uh, funny question about superstitions. From sunny South Florida. Yeah, and I thought that's the kind of question Lincoln's just going to sort of just deflect and not do anything with, and Saban might 
ridicule. And instead, both of them were really good about, you know, basically admitting they are vic- they are uh, slaves to routine. They are uh, uh, follow repetition. And even Saban went so far as to admit that he has some, you know, some superstitions in terms of clothes and what he has in his pockets. Now, not under threat of bayonet. Was he going to tell us what they are? Yeah. But, he did but, he, but he sort of told us what they are. Yeah, but he did I mean, say, you know, I, I do some things. I can tell you what some of these things are. You know, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know what Nick Saban has in his pockets on game day, but if you guys get to the stadium early enough tomorrow, you'll see immediately after the team arrives, he'll go and do a lap around the field uh, with his state trooper and also with the equipment manager. And part of that is just tradition. Part of it is to kind of gauge what the field feels like, if it's wet, if the grass is long. So he's got the equipment manager there that they can talk about what kind of cleats they need to put on the guys. Yeah. After the game on the drive, home with his wife Terry uh, I don't know if they do that at the bowl game where you know the logistics yeah. are a little bit different than in Tuscaloosa but after the games in Tuscaloosa they listen to uh, Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones on the way home well that's a heck of a song to listen to yeah <laughs> uh, you mentioned Nick Saban and you said the state trooper I gotta ask how big is Nick Saban's state trooper um, and has he ever made a tackle on the field uh, he's not exceptionally big. He has a very exceptionally square jaw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no mistaking who it is. Um, I've never seen him make a tackle on the field, but uh, I'm sure you guys are aware when you go on the road, some of these visiting locker rooms or the, the locations for the visiting team press conference are very small. Yeah. And the Alabama media contingent is very large. So we are usually jammed in there. You know, sardines in a can does not begin to justify what we look like in there. Yeah. And the state trooper will stand there by the door, you know, just kind of muscled up <laughs> against it. So if you try and come in late, you got to fight your way through a state trooper guarding the door. Well, the reason I asked that is because Lincoln Riley state trooper, who was the same one that Bob Stoops had for years, mm-hmm. has made a tackle on the field. At uh, at Oklahoma, uh, a few years as ago, as a state trooper, or as yes, a player? as a okay. state trooper, <laughs> yeah, as, a, as a bodyguard. Uh, uh, a few years ago, what what year was it, Barry? Do you I remember? can't remember. Uh, probably f- five years ago or so. Uh, a, a fan ran out on the field during the middle of Oklahoma Iowa State. He was just you know uh, being a jerk a little bit, ra- raising his hands to the crowd, just sort of wanting to soak it in. And Brian Orr takes off from next to Bob Stoops, <laughs> two thirds of the way across the field, and you could see what's about to happen to this guy. <laughs> Everybody in the stadium knows what's about to happen to this guy, and delivers a perfect, crushing form tackle uh, to this poor fan. And the bad news was they did check, and he has no eligibility left. So, uh, <laughs> now, did you guys notice uh, Nick Saban has a state trooper? He also has a body man. Who comes with him? Did you guys notice that he was standing I, I in the did, corner of the room? I, yeah, I did see the, the guy that walked yeah, in. Yeah, um, his name is Cedric Burns. He's a he was a black guy who today was wearing a black suit and a white shirt with a yeah. red and white striped tie. He looks the part of almost being a state trooper or a body man. Yeah, I mean he thing, looks like you know? a uh, Secret Service guy. Is yeah, what that's, I thought, yeah, he had he the glasses in. on today that yeah. made him look like it. Um, yeah, he's Nick Saban's driver in Tuscaloosa, but elsewhere he kind of just follows him around. <laughs> he's the guy who holds the cell phone and opens doors and makes sure that you know no fans get too close to him. He's <laughs> he's kind of like what you know the president has a body man. That's kind of the same job. Yeah, you you got to have a handler when you're Nick Saban. Yeah. Uh, let's talk real quick about the game, and and we're not going to make this uh, an extremely long podcast, but. Uh, uh, let's start with you, Barry. What what is the key matchup and uh, the the key uh, player for for Oklahoma? Well, we're talking about you know the uh, well. I, th- I think the key player is is uh, Kyler Murray, of course. Um, 
Alabama's going to score on Oklahoma. That's not to be debated. So the question is how much can Oklahoma score on Bama and, and keep it tight and stay with the tide. So if Kyler Murray plays well, if he's well protected, uh, you know, if you want to say it's Creed Humphrey, uh, you know, the, the freshman center going against that Alabama D-line, maybe he's the key guy. But um, to me, the Oklahoma offense, and you know, they need Marquise Brown, of course, but the Oklahoma offense is the key to this game. They got to play at the same productivity level because uh, the opponent's going to play at the same productivity level against the Oklahoma defense as all season, and that's not good news for the Sooners. So, um, yeah, we pretty much know what Alabama's going to score. The question is, what's Oklahoma going to score? What about you, Ben? For for Alabama, uh, you know, the key for Alabama, I think, is just to make sure you don't turn the ball over. I think uh, Ruffin McNeil put it well earlier this week when he talked about trying to break serve in this game. You know, the expectation is that both offenses are going to score more often than not. So if if you get four stops and the other team gets two stops, then you've probably got a very good chance of winning. Um, you know, if it, if it comes down to something close, then I'm sure that Oklahoma has a lot more faith in its kicking game than Alabama has in its. Um, but kicking game matters a lot less when you score touchdowns instead of field goals, and I'm not sure there's going to be a whole lot of kicks in this game. Yeah, for, for Oklahoma, if they if they kick, they feel like they've lost uh, a lot of the times just given the, the, the way that their offense scores. I won't use the word uh, explosive since we don't have uh, Taryn here uh, <laughs> today. but uh, She has a long list of words that she doesn't <laughs> like. Well, I assume she's told you that the uh, origin behind that or, or what happened with yeah. that. But, uh, Ben, we asked Taryn yesterday her prediction. What do, what uh, What's yours for this game? Uh, the spread is 14-and-a-half right now. We were talking about this before we started recording. M- my instinct is to think that Alabama wins by 14, 17, something like that. Um, I think part of this is that you guys, probably like me, we're all prisoners to <laughs> kind of what we've seen before, which sets yeah. up what our expectations are. And it's, it's different because – you know, some people get this reputation as being homers or, or things like that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it is tough to sort of break out of the, just the mental mold of not thinking you're going to see what you've seen all yeah, season. You know, the way the human brain works, like through evolution or biology, whatever you want to call it, is just that we detect patterns, or at least we tried to detect patterns. And the pattern for Alabama football this season has been to beat the crap out of whoever they're playing, with the exception of Georgia, you know, including beating the crap out of some pretty good teams like LSU and, and Mississippi State. Uh, I think Oklahoma's probably got a better offense than anyone that Alabama has played this year. And for that reason, you might see more points scored against Alabama than in any game that we've seen this year. But this is my fourth year covering the team. And, you know, even in some games like this against really good teams, we've seen Alabama beat the crap out of them. You know, my first year was when they shut out Michigan State in the college football playoff. And you could see Connor Cook, the quarterback on the sidelines uh, in that game, come off the field after a turnover um, and say they're effing everywhere, except he didn't say effing. Of course. <laughs> what about you, Barry? Your uh, impressions changed since yesterday? No, we... I mean, I still think Alabama 40-something, Oklahoma 30-something. I mean, I think the Sooners will score, just not quite at the same rate. You know, I don't think they're going to get to 52. Well, uh, I, do, I just don't see the Oklahoma defense slowing down uh, Alabama. They haven't slowed anybody else down. Uh, I've gotten them maybe a little better here at the end of the year, but not enough to, to tilt. Um, I do like Ben's I – th- I do think Ben the, – the one thing that the Sooners could do to, to make this a, a potential upset is if they do win the turnover battle with maybe a, at least a plus two. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. 
Um, That's been the recipe for beating Alabama, you know, yeah. really, no matter who you are the last few years. Well, if you don't it, win the turnover battle, it's well, just hard. And in the Sugar Bowl five years ago, everybody talks about that game and how great Trevor Knight was, which is yeah. true. But the the biggest thing in that game is Alabama had four turnovers. Yep. Sooners had four takeaways. And, you know, if you don't if you don't have those, that game probably goes different. So, yeah. that's the, if Alabama takes care of the ball, it's going to be very difficult for Oklahoma to win. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Although, uh, this defense does not have an Eric Stryker to do what Eric Stryker did in that game. But we'll see what happens. They've, they've figured out a way to – to force turnovers, especially late in games, uh, over the the last part of the season, and I think that's their one avenue to win. I still think, as I said yesterday, that Oklahoma is going to have a tough time winning this game. I think Alabama wins by you know ten or so in a very high scoring game, but uh, I could see this game going any way except for an Oklahoma blowout. I could see it being close either way. I could see Alabama, uh, you know, sort of running away and hiding if things uh, fall right for them. But uh, it would be stunning if Oklahoma won this game in a comfortable way. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah I don't see. I don't see an. Oh, Sooners hadn't blown out. Who have they blown out? They hadn't blown out anybody. They didn't blow out they, Tech. They didn't blow out Iowa State. <laughs> exactly. They didn't blow out. Uh, they they mean, didn't blow out OSU. They didn't blow out Texas. They didn't Kansas. blow out. They didn't blow out Kansas. <laughs> they blew out K State and Baylor. K- yeah. Other than that, Florida Atlantic's been about it. Yeah, so yeah. I don't, you know, I, I don't see it. Yeah, so, but we'll see what happens tomorrow night, and uh, we're we're gonna wrap that up. Like I said, an abbreviated uh, nonfiction writers today. But thank you so much for joining us. We'll be Barry and I will be back after the game. I think uh, we would invite our friends from the Tuscaloosa News, but I think you all have a pretty tight uh, flight schedule. We do, uh, yeah. A- afterwards, but uh, we'll see the, if we can work something out. But I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. <laughs> yeah, no, we we won't uh, ask you to do that. But Ben, uh, thank you and Terrence so much for for joining us this week, and uh, tell tell people where they can follow you on Twitter and read your work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at bw underscore jones. Uh, but people don't like me, so if you don't like me, then you can just follow at tidesports.com, T-I-D-S-P-O-R-T-S, or read us at tidesports.com. You know, Taryn said that yesterday. Taryn, when I asked her to, to do that, she said, uh, just follow me if you're going to be nice. Do, 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 yeah, do, do is this, are, are these Auburn trolls, or is this Alabama people that don't like you? I don't know. Who's not liking you guys? There's times I feel like we should uh, just have like a social media tour of duty where you do 10 months, and then you get two months <laughs> off, and you do 10 months, and you get two months off, you know. Both you're of you young, seem like you, you, perfectly yeah, charming yeah, you guys people. are young. You're supposed to embrace this social media. It's, it's me and Nick Saban who want to get rid of texting. <laughs> I want to throw my phone into the Atlantic Ocean this week, you guys. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> A man after my own heart. Yeah. But uh, you can check out our work every day at newsok.com and every morning in the Oklahoma. And for the best OU coverage anywhere. Thank you so much for joining us.